Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 146 for the week of September 25th, 2010. I got a big cast for you today with a bunch of people. First off, Anna Marie Neufeld. Good morning. Good morning. I didn't stumble over your name this week. I just want to point that out. Yeah, that's right. I've also got coming in from special remote location, Emmanuel Marino. I'm, I'm holding up until the 3DS apocalypse in four days. <laughs> until we uh, find my special out Fallout shelter. This, the special. Nice. I, I would tell you the details, but then I, I'd have to kill you. So then next we've got John Yearworth. Coming from another remote location that nobody has ever heard of. A much more remoter remote location. Yeah, yep. you're like not even on this continent. Yeah, like what, what's the name of your city? Worcestershire? What is it? Uh, Portsmouth, actually. Portsmouth. There we go. Hey, that's in the um, Arkham Horror game. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's actually an expansion. Awesome. The Portsmouth? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next. Our 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 very own Deal Smith, Phil Willis. You rang. Who's you've used that before? You got to come up with more original stuff, dude. <laughs> okay, no response. And finally, I'm your host, Chris Privetier. Thanks for joining us today. We got a lot of stuff to go through, so I'm going to get right into it. First off, we got feedback. You guys complained that we didn't give you enough feedback last week. We got plenty of feedback for you this week. So first off, we got some message board posters on our message boards, which you can find at board.rpgamer.com. We love to see your posts in our thread, which is always in the latest updates, latest updates section. And first off this week, we've got a post from Sir Erdrick who says, Just a few thoughts about the show. About Fantasy Star, I couldn't care less about all the Fantasy Star onlines and portables. I just want a Fantasy Star 5. What do you guys think? You want a Fantasy Star no, 5? Thanks. You know, I... I heard something interesting about this on the Giant Bombcast that raised a good point. At this point, do you want the people who are in charge of the Fantasy Star name making a Fantasy Star 5? Uh, Can't be worse than the previous four. I thought those people were currently making Valkyria Chronicles. Like the I mean, the, the, the people just like oh. driving, digging Fantasy Star into the ground. Do you want those guys in charge of making a new Fantasy Star 5? Hmm. Sure, then people will stop talking about it. They can stop being annoyed. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Hey, if the Valkyria Chronicles guy said, you know what? We're sick of Valkyria. Let's go make a Fantasy Star 5. I'd be like, hey, yeah, why not? I would boo and hiss. Anna, why can't we have fun enjoying our lives? No, I hate the series. Therefore, you must hate it too. <laughs> I've just never got the appeal of it. So I'm going to be negative Nancy on this one. Hey, how many good sci-fi RPGs? Die and go away and never bother me again. Dude, Fantasy Star 4 was awesome. The other ones are a bit old school now to play through. But uh, in 3, you can get married, so... Yeah. Or I just played Dragon Quest 5. That doesn't suck. Because it's Dragon Quest and some people think that does suck. It happens. (laughs) Some people do. They're crazy. So, They're those you, crazy Anna, people that actually like fantasy stuff. Anna, you're just a self-absorbed Canadian. <laughs> Ouch. No, no. I have to stop for a second and explain this. We got Netflix this week here in Canada. And in an interview, the CEO of Netflix said, uh, it's a buck cheaper here and we get like a quarter of your library and crappy service in comparison. Oh, so and no DVDs. Asked, 
Yeah, that that we don't get any of the DVD stuff, and the library is poop. Um, and some reporter asked if uh, he thought Americans were going to notice that it was a dollar cheaper here. And very tongue in cheek, he said, "No, Americans are just self absorbed." Yeah. Hey, but that was enough he's to like, get Lucifer to cancel. When's the last account? time he said it? Like, when's the last time you noticed Americans pay attention to what goes on in the world? <laughs> the way he said it, they're a bit too self-absorbed for that. Apparently, he and, was he was making a very awkward joke with the reporter, and it didn't go over well. And the reporter just just conveyed it as though it was a straight up statement. So yeah. bad, bad, bad thing for your CEO to do. The CEO is American, by the way. It's weird. Anyway, so. Apparently Americans are self-absorbed, but I, 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 so I relish being able to tell Anna that that's not just Americans. <laughs> Must be North Americans. So, moving on, uh, Sir Erdrich also noted that uh, the comparison of Disgaea to Dragon Quest, which is something we did in the show last week, I don't know how we got to Disgaea to Dragon Quest, so that's weird. That's a highly accurate one, he says. Both series have had new features bolted onto them as the series progress. Just compare the first Dragon Quest game from the NES days of yore to Dragon Quest Eight or Nine, and yes, we could always use more Disgaea, dude. So, Oh, so the fact that the series aren't growing much and yet people still want them. I see. Yep. Um, let's see. And I posted his comment twice. Oh, good me. Uh, I also got a comment from our favorite strawberry eggs. Hi, strawberry eggs. Whose form avatar is weird. It's a guy holding up a pair of panties. I don't know why. All right. You'll have to explain that to us, strawberry. Uh, she pointed out the, uh, the, you know, the series I was saying that was like that other series. Um, what series was I saying it was like? Anyone remember? Reading Historia, Radiata Stories. Radiata stories. No, that's that's the one that she pointed out, mm-hmm. which was like the one we were talking about last week, which was radiant no, history. No, no, we weren't talking about radiant history last week. Fallout. I don't remember. <laughs> I thought we were talking about radiata stories. Uh, not last week. No. <laughs> Carry on. Sorry. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, I think I'm going to figure this out. Hold on. It so, was... next feedback. Master Chief says... Oh, what are you, what's, what's up with you guys? <laughs> Hijacking the show for me. You're not allowed to do that. It's my job to hijack for myself. Is this your GD show? <laughs> well, now we've got it the other way. This is going to... I'm going to have an episode here where we both understand both sides. Okay. Radiant history. Okay. So, Arms Heart was the game we were talking about last week, and it was reminding me of another game where the same people are making a, a, a game like it. So, Arms Heart, I guess, is made like the Wild Arms people, and the, the similar thing was Radiant History, which is being made by the Radiata Stories people. So, that's the piece that was missing last week. Now you know why I think this is apparently an industry trend for everybody to just come oh, together and make I can a think of another IP. one. Yeah? Uh, just announced at the Connect thing that a new game starring arc starring dragons made by the peasant dragoon people oh what's it called uh it has the same initials pd sorry remember uh, oh okay so someone figure that out in the meantime i'm going to read a piece of feedback from mr master chief who says uh halo reach is the best thing ever yeah that's, that's what he says <laughs> says go buy halo reach right now uh so he has, a, he has a question for us. He says, Given the recent brouhaha over the Ninja Theory reboot of Devil May Cry, which if you haven't heard about, um, I would encourage you not to go read about because it'll just depress the heck out of you. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, or at the very least give you uh, 200% of your recommended daily allowance of nerd rage. You know, yeah. Here, here's the thing. Um, well, I haven't gotten I actually kind of dig yet. this. What? Okay, go ahead. The Dante thing? Yeah. So do I. The, the new Devil May Cry thing. You dig the redesign oh, to be a fashionista. Why? Well, number one, though, remember the last new character they introduced into Devil May Cry who looked exactly like Dante but wasn't Dante even though he had a red coat and white hair and looked like Dante? Yeah. But wasn't Dante? Right. If that's what they can, if that's what their character designs have been reduced to, I don't mind if they start some new fresh blood into it. Oh, hold on. Whoever's opening pill packages, could you please hold that off till after that's the right. show? That's right. Overdose after the show. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's opening stuff. <laughs> it's like coming through right on the mic and making me hungry. I want to open them up. A package of Twinkies or something. All right, uh, thank you. Uh, so anyway, given the, given the brouhaha over that Devil May Cry remake, which apparently has divided even our podcast, it, that thing doesn't look good though. I don't know. I don't understand where you guys are coming from. Yeah, uh, but it's not like Dante looked that great either. I'm, I don't I, care I'm, about what it looks like. The, the the game itself looks like. What oh, the hell see, are they doing? I, I feel like the bigger brouhaha would be like, okay, is, are you upset that the there's two things to be upset I, about? Why is don't it? they just make their own thing? Or a new Devil May Cry that that isn't a, taking something that we know was good and just perverting it into this terrible, terrible idea. Okay, but why is it being perverted? Is it because of the way it looks or because Ninja Theory is doing it? Oh, it, it doesn't need to exist. <laughs> I right. think we're just going to have to let the sales speak for that one. Right. No, I, I just don't understand. Like, what, what's the concern? Is it the way it looks? Well, we shouldn't debate this. We should debate what Japanese RPG series do we think should could stand for an aesthetic makeover. So, Master Chief starts us off. He says he thinks Wild Arms could be a lot more classical, Clint Eastwood style, Clint Eastwood style spaghetti western, as opposed to the more anime with some Wild West shtick they've always had. So, what which ones do you think need some uh, some redo? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think Wild Arms I would want to see become a spaghetti western style because I feel if you're going to want to uh, – if we're going to do a western RPG, maybe someone like – maybe Rockstar San Diego should do it. Something like that who has experience. Because hmm. I, can, I can just imagine they try to do something gritty and then it's just sort of like Trigun or something. Fair enough. Not that I'm saying Trigun is bad. It's just – I'm just thinking all those uh, anime – Influences will seep in there somehow. Hmm. Okay. I, uh, I think we're stumped. Anybody? No, have I'm, I'm just watching this Ninja Theory trailer, and it's like, why? We already know what he looks like. Why are you doing this to me? All right. So, it's, it's, uh, never mind. We're not gonna. This isn't the the, the Devil May Cry cast. <laughs> Devil May cast. Well, it, games that could use. I, I think uh, no matter what you do, especially with RPG nerds, changing the look of their favorite series is going to come with some issues. So good luck with that. Yeah, uh, drastic change isn't necessary. It usually isn't what fans want. Let's see if really. the uh, chat room had some ideas. Legend of Dragoon should get made over along with making a new game. So No, there. stop asking for LOD. <laughs> Star Ocean. Drastic change worked for Fallout. Star Ocean's probably true. Yeah, Fallout, Fallout yeah, worked. Mana How series? would Persona work? What about the Mana series? Persona, hmm. Persona I, wouldn't work because 3 and 4 were already an aesthetic makeover. But um, What, Anna? Disgaea. Disgaea. 
Uh, things look the same for like the last, you know, since it that's, started. That's more than just Disgaea. That's all of their games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you pretty much just all However, nip and it. We have to... had like a long extended discussion on the forums about how much better Disgaea 4 is compared to even just 3. As stated so, by I people mean, who have not played it. As stated by people who can take two screenshots and put them side by side. Well, it's no, not no, rocket no, surgery. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, rocket better, surgery is complicated. Better in which sense? Because it's higher resolution? Because it's the same style. Yeah, but it looks better. Okay, so it's just a resolution change. We're talking about like changing the complete aesthetic style. Like, oh, well, completely no, new I character mean, designs for the same people sort of style. That would be lame. Yeah, exactly! Hey, thank you! <laughs> Yeah, but you'd be asking um, Nipponichi just to basically fire pretty much everyone aside from the guy at the top. Ooh, Pokemon. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Pokemon would work, but people would nerd rage so much. Aren't we getting... Well, we'll discuss it's, the black and white yeah, impression. It's not new. It's, it's not new character It's designs. improved. It still <laughs> looks like Pokemon. I can't wait to play my girl in booty shorts. You know what? Pokemon should just be in black and white. There's your change. It's just, it's a film noir, <laughs> film noir this time. I approve. I walk down the, so- the street. I think this is like a hard question. Be to me. Yeah? It's just a hard question because you don't really know it's going to be a good reboot until you hear like, who's doing, like who's behind it and what their creative vision for it is. And it just could just right. be one of these Disgaea unexpected. isn't 12 years old, you know, by the time Disgaea 5 rolls around, then we'll talk about doing a redesign. Fair enough. Ivan wrote into our email line at podcast.rpgamer.com and had this question for us. He says, hey guys, my question for you is now that you, now that the games have been released, and he's talking about Pokemon Black and White, I'm assuming you've seen what the game's story is and how the new Pokemon look. What are your thoughts on these games? Like, what was your favorite Pokemon? And Like, which is, was your favorite Pokemon and such? I guess you could call me a veteran. I played since, these, since they started with Red and Blue, and I believe that the games are fantastic because of how everything looks, and I'm even more frustrated that I have to wait five or so months for this to get here. So there. And I would say, wait. Ivan, I don't know the game's story, and my favorite Pokemon out of the new games is always... Always going to be um, uh, Smugleaf. Smugleaf, that's right. Even though that's not its real name. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever its real name is, that's the one. Smugleaf. Smugleaf for the win. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, Wait, you uh, talk I, about a series that hasn't changed much I'm, over the years. Am I the only one that's like specifically avoiding all the Pokemon stuff so that they aren't spoilered? I mean, does that sound ridiculous it's, for a Pokemon game? A little, but you know, little. That's okay. <laughs> I no, do understand, like, this is the one time, like, in 10 years where it's in a, where you're walking through and if something jumps out of the bushes, it's completely new to you. Because, hmm. like, there are no old monsters in this one, right? It's just everything's brand new. Uh, at least until you finish it the first time. Yeah, I can see why you'd want to avoid that. <laughs> I'm just reading up on Smugleaf, and apparently people are saying that it's undergone something called the Family Guy Effect which is where a meme appears on Family Guy and it no longer is a meme. <laughs> because Wait, are you joking? it's gotten too popular. Oh, okay. I'm about and, to say, Smugleaf is on Family Guy? No, Smugleaf was on a Kotaku article that we covered on this show and they're saying that killed the meme. Oh, great. Well, like CBS you know, it's true though. We haven't heard about uh, Smugleaf much. It makes me sad. I want more Smugleaf. Oh, well. So I guess if your meme is too popular, it doesn't survive. Uh, sorry, I couldn't give you more thoughts on that, Ivan. Maybe once somebody imports it, which I don't know if that will happen. Um, 
there we actually have uh Gaijin doing a uh staff review blog for it and he's right. actually doing it in almost a first person he's he's basically scary. writing like a teenage girl it's it's hilarious it's really entertaining he should write you it from smugleaf's perspective is what he should do <laughs> no <laughs> i actually really like the way he's writing it now it's very right. good go find that at board.rmpgamer.com in the what section staff review blog section staff review blog he section. also just wrote yeah, an import impression se- it's the next yeah it's the next section after the latest updates and read his import impression which is up on the main site so mm. yep, go 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 um let's see got an email from who's this Antonio Flores, who says, just wanted to oblige Chris with some actual feedback and give some thanks for some strange reason. It had never processed through my mind that I could buy computer parts from Amazon.com. Oh, he's referring to the fact that I talked about buying my video card on Amazon last week. So blah, blah, blah. He says he picked up a GTX 460 on Amazon, and he's very happy about that. Thank you. So he has a local CompUSA, which I have to wonder, how does he have a local CompUSA? Because they closed. Anyway, they don't have a card, and he was able to find out on Amazon. Ironically, shipped from CompUSA.com, so figure that out. Um, so he's glad for the tip. So there's your tip. You're welcome, Antonio. I hope that helps someone else out as well. Uh, Garrett Lindquist. Uh, you missed something he said. Keep up the good work and let Manny talk every once in a while. Oh, yeah. No. I like how Manny had to interject that. Yeah, I don't think that's we're going to do that. That's yeah, just classic. keeping like me that. down, man. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> You're being repressed. <laughs> All right, Garrett Lindquist wrote in, and he remember I was asking him for some more songs last week. He sent us a song, so we're going to have that later on in the show. So one more song for Mr. Garrett. And he let us know that his life has been hectic. That's why he's been sending in stuff. Um, it was his son Isaac's third birthday, among another, a lot of other things that he had to take care of over the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm hoping Isaac's third birthday was not like the Parasite Eve third birthday, or else that would have been very stressful. Um Funny little story, too. He says, I was playing Golden Sun while at the hospital with my wife before we had Isaac, and I like the game and the name of the main character so much, we ended up naming our son after him. If anyone asked, though, it's biblical, and that's where it came from. Ha ha. So, someone was named after Isaac and Golden Sun. Go for it. Oh, should we edit that out of the show? What if Isaac listens to this in 10 years and he finds out yeah, he's named after a video game character? Oh, that's, like, um, that's an awkward like conversation. Someone named after EverQuest characters. Oh, nice. I mean, this is, yeah, it was... Uh, the main character out of EQ1 and the main character of EQ2 both have babies named after them. Nice. Uh, Some people, that yeah. peculiar. So, go, look forward to his song later, and he has um, a, a YouTube video as well. Let's see if I can get a plug for that. If you search for G-Dog Tuck, G-D-A-W-G-T-U-K on YouTube, go to his little channel. You might you can find the, the FL Studio tutorial walkthrough, and the song being played in it is the one that you'll hear later on in the show, um, which is uh, called Honor in the West. So sounds good, and you'll hear it later. All right. And then we thank have... Thank you, G-Dog. Thank you, G-Dog. Yes. And then we have a voicemail. Hello, this is Master Chief. Good show last week. I was very impressed. Um, little correction. The, um, the PlayStation 3, while... PlayStation 3 software is not region locked. It does respect the region lock of the PS2. You know, so so there is that. I'm not sure if they, um, if this external backward compatibility adapter would um, would be able to circumvent that or not. So 
simply for for price's sake. They could just put out this box that's just their emotion engine and a graphic synthesizer, you know, with no drive, and just, you know, have people use the PS3 drive and, you know, the virtual memory cards and all that, and just, you know, in essence, just sell $50 PS2s for God knows how long. Um, anyway, that's about it. Like I said, good show, and um, I hope to hear from you guys next week. Bye-bye. All right, thank you for that correction. Yes, the PS2 region lock is respected and so forth. So, um, In the chat room, they've pointed out to me that CompUSA stores have been reopened under Tiger Direct's um, ownership. So they bought the name, and so now they've opened some stores. So that's how CompUSA stores have come back. I, I, saw I guess that's why their quality has improved. Yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw an article that their work – that. A, the, that Sony filed a patent for a PlayStation 2 add-on. Yeah, we covered that last week, actually. Yeah, uh, that's what, that's was, what that was a response to. Ah. Uh, so what I was hoping for is I could buy one from Japan and one from the U.S., plug them both in, and be good to go. But no, maybe not. All right, <laughs> but that's the desire. It's like that'd be easy importing. Just buy a little add-on for those older PS2 games. All right, well it's time to start the news. We got lots of it this week, so let's get rolling. Um, but first, a status update from Extra Life. Uh, Yay! Yes. So, we've, been, as you know, we're doing Extra Life here at RP Gamer, and I'm very excited to be playing games for 24 hours on, on October 16th, and I can't wait to do that. And we need you guys to sponsor us, though. Without your sponsorship, this whole event doesn't work. We're trying to raise money to, to go to each of our local uh, Children's Network, Children's Miracle Network hospitals, uh, and if you uh, if you want to sponsor us, you go to our team page. Go to rpgamer.com, and the, on the right side, there's a big button that says Extra Life. Click there, and then you can click through to my page or one of our other team members or to the sponsorship, to the team page, and uh, see how we're doing. Our goal is uh, over $3,000 right now. We've raised about 572 so we got a long ways to go, and we need your help to get there. Um, this is for kids, remember? So please, please be generous. This is a, this is a good charity here. Uh, and it's going to local hospitals, so it's not uh, so it's helping people in your area if you're playing, and you're helping people in their area if you're sponsoring. So please, please be generous. Uh, we got plenty of people on the on the page there now, and we're looking into maybe integrating some contest stuff here. So what I'm hoping to do, and uh, it's not final yet, but what I'm hoping to do is get it to the point where uh, people, at, for every dollar you spend, you'd get entered into a draw into a drawing so since most people are donating a buck an hour they'd at least have 24 tickets into a drawing and we'd be able to give away some sort of prizes um and i'm hoping to do something special for our people who've uh, created their own pages uh so the way this will work is uh, we can only track donations for people who are on staff because it doesn't let me see if you're if you're a reader and you've been joining our team i can't see who's donating to you so if you wanna uh so so we so the rp gamer people the people who donate to them could be entered into the contest, and then I'd like to hopefully set up another contest for people who are readers and are doing their own sponsorship, and maybe the the top uh, top person on that would get a prize as well. So thank you, everybody, who's participating in that. And remember, this is all for kids, so contests or no contests, this is a worthwhile thing to do. So please join our Extra Life efforts by sponsoring people. We've only got a... Um, what is it, a few weeks left, so we're running yeah, out of time. Weeks, right? Yeah, so get on the, get on top of that, people. We got a long ways to go to hit our goals. So thank you very much. And 
uh, let's move on with the show to our first story, which is about Tetsuya Nomura, is it not? Ooh. Oh, I suppose. Exciting. Oh, I have my stories backwards. Hang on. <laughs> so, uh, Nomura opens his Kingdom Hearts Tifimitsu is the title, which I thought was epic. So... Namura talked about the few games within the Kingdom Hearts series. He didn't have any news about Kingdom Hearts 3 on an HD console, but he wanted to talk about uh, the portable games. So Birth by Sleep Final Mix does introduce the changes to the North American version and will add new features. Um, It will be a boss fight with a man in a black coat, which will set players up for future series development. Um, New secret movie... But no details about how this is unlocked. And of course, this hasn't been confirmed for North America, so we may end up missing a big chunk of the story again. So Kingdom Hearts Recoded, uh, due to release in Japan next month, is going to have an extensive avatar system. It's going to be over 800 parts. Um, There's also going to be the tag mode system, which supposedly is similar to Pokemon and Dragon Quest. Um, And that will help players uh, obtain rare parts. And because they'll receive any rare parts equipped by other players with whom they interact with in tag mode, um, it's going to have a trophy system like Birth by Sleep, and it's going to be about 30 trophies, of which you need two-thirds to view the game's secret movie. And uh, we, we did get confirmation Kingdom Hearts 3D is the next game in the series. Um, unsurprisingly, it's 3DS. They announced it previously. Um, though the game's final title has yet to be decided, it probably won't be Kingdom Hearts 3D. Um, the team for Birth by Sleep Final Mix is moving slowly moving over to Kingdom Hearts 3D as they finish their work on Final Mix. Um, development definitely has begun in Osaka, and uh, they hope to have more information about the game soon. Um, so, Recoded and Kingdom Hearts 3D both have North American releases announced, although no specific dates yet. So, tying into that, actually, is, uh, I guess, a few other things. There's there's now a giant Kingdom Hearts statue in Tokyo. Now, when you say giant, so, what are we talking? Um... It's kind of massive. Like the this picture is shot up. I don't think this has specific measurements on it, does it? Uh, that's pretty big, but it doesn't. Yeah, it's like a, it's like as big as the Gundam they had in Tokyo. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be quite that big, but I mean, no. this 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 shot is shot a little upwards, but um, it's we don't know taller. how tall it is. The point is, it's yeah. it's it's probably it's life big. size at least. Mm, probably a little bigger than that, actually. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a big Kingdom Hearts statue in Tokyo for a Kingdom so Hearts. So go visit it right now. now. Start paddling. You'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> go look for it. Yeah. And if you want to know more about the upcoming stuff coming out of Square Enix, uh, Nomura also was talking and uh, with Famitsu, and uh, he he really wants to pimp out this this January uh, um press conference that they're going to be having they talked about this at tgs they've talked about it once since then now this is the third time they've brought it up so he's he's apparently super excited about this uh officially it's being slated for january 11th 2011 Mm -hmm. um it's technically it's the fabula press conference although they are going to announce non-fabulous stuff um 
definitely seeing Final Fantasy versus 13, definitely seeing Final Fantasy Ajito 13. And other than that, we're not really sure. Um, well, I'm sure we'll see uh, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. We'll see Dissidia Duodecim. And other than that... Duodecim. We don't know. You have know. to say it like that. Yeah, well, thank you. I was actually going to have you pronounce it for me because... Oh, okay. uh, Duodecim. Has been confirmed for North America. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Yay. So, is confirmed. In 2011, yeah. 2011, sorry, yeah. 2011. Not 2012 for 12, 2011 yeah, it's, for it's 12. D- it's Dissidia 012. Or yeah. Or I don't know how that's... It's, it's actually, for, for North but... America, it's called Dissidia Duodecim Final Fantasy. Okay. That that's that's the name for North America. Okay. So once you see the logo, it makes a little more sense because Decidia and Twelve is big, and then Final Fantasy is kind of tucked underneath it. So um, other than that, yeah, we're we're definitely getting it. If you miss the news out of TGS, uh, Tifa oh, oh, Lockhart. Oh, oh, yeah, that that's what I was just gonna say. Okay. Yeah, uh, Tifa Lockhart confirmed. Um, Kane Highwind Final Fantasy Four and Lightning Final Fantasy Thirteen. Chaos-aligned character storyline, which apparently was a weakness in the previous game. I hear a lot of people complaining about that, particularly Adrian. So it's Q1 2011 for Japan. And other than that, it's going to be later in the year for us. So as we get more dates, we'll talk about it. And is it still going to be on the PSP that no one is going to own? And and is it also going to have like no uh, internet play? (laughs) This Those is, details are This aren't is going to be yet. very exciting. This yeah. people will be great. So we, we've now had our Square Enix glut. So now we get to move mm. on to our British glut. Yay, go British glut and person. Yep, uh, the actions of Peter Molyneux and his latest um, latest stuff on the Molyneux on cast. Fa- <laughs> yeah, Molyneux cast. Fable 3, Fable 3. Um, they... Lionhead recently uh, released a new trailer showing how their new housing system works in Fable 3, um, expanding from the, uh, the sort of limited customization you had available in um, Fable 2. Uh, it's now possible to buy property and then spend an absolutely extraordinary amount of time reorganizing the insides, replacing wardrobes with beds, and going as far as um, customizing the wallpapers. Um, and there's even a button you can press so that your lovely butler, who is voiced by John Cleese, uh, can do it all for, me, for you to maximize rent profit. So, um, yeah, that's uh, looking like it might take quite a lot of time up. Um, there's been some other stuff um, being reported uh, in regards coming out of Lionhead. Um there's um, Project Milo, Hello. the um, Connect. What, what, what's going to happen to me? There's something <laughs> happening to me. The, I, uh, I need to do my homework. Are you going to be able to help me do my homework? No, you've been cancelled. What, what, cancelled? I'm an orphan. Uh, Quinn, what you must do be I need to go right to now. a workhouse? There's orphanages for that. Oh. Um, there, yeah, there's been in, uh, sort of uh, inconsistent reports that um, Project Milo, um, the, the sort of showcase for um, Microsoft's Connect add-on for the 360, has been cancelled. However, other stories coming out of Lionhead have suggested that um, the technology 
they were intending to use with Project Milo will now end up in uh, Fable 3. Um, there's not a lot of information on that one, but we will get that to you as soon as we know something more about it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty much it, other than he's going to be integrated into that. Um, but poor Milo, I don't know what he's going to do. Mm. Um, no, I just always find the best part about that one was you get a butler voiced by John Cleese. Oh, well, that makes up for it. Screw Milo. Yeah, screw Milo. John Cleese is a butler. It's infinitely <laughs> Milo better. can go shoot himself, which is probably what he's doing. Poor kid. I wonder if there'll be a video of that. <laughs> Think they'd program that? Probably not. Mm. No, that would be bad. Yeah. Bad taste. Poor thing. You know what else was in bad taste? Uh, good old games had a little publicity stunt this week. <laughs> you want to tell us about that, John? You know about that, right? Ah, yes. Good old games. The, uh, the place where you could go for your, well, good old games. Um, good old games are a company that produ- um, sort of re- brought out those like games you played when you were younger and they often had um you know uh, basically they were uh digital rights management free uh, and often contained tweaks so they would run on newer operating systems now earlier this week yeah um they posted a um update they completely took their site down and then posted a front page saying that they had um well uh the the quote they, was goodoldgames.com simply cannot remain in its current form leading people to think that um somehow the promise of old games with you know no DRM had actually caused the uh the death of good old games and it would be its death would be mourned amongst those of us that uh, actually quite enjoyed some of the games available on their catalog and then uh later on this week um after a couple of cryptic statements and a video posted on YouTube from uh, the management of Google Games, um, the site reappeared with Baldur's Gate, and it all turned out to be a marketing stunt. <laughs> yeah. As they say in bit- their apologies, once again, we'd like to apologize to everyone who felt deceived by us closing down GOG.com without any warning and without giving you access to our games. We apologize for that from the bottom of our hearts. It was done with the best of intentions, and hopefully we can make it up to you. <laughs> The best of intentions being a marketing stunt. Ooh, isn't that nice? Doesn't make you feel yeah. good. It's you <laughs> the know best now, of intentions. I, yeah, and and I being in a being you know a business manager myself and whatnot. I mean, I kind of see a different spin on this as far as you know. There in, in every industry, industries do things that impacts some of the customers at times but is necessary or maybe not even necessary but will benefit the business in the long run. Uh, For example, hotels will oversell rooms because you always have some people who don't show up and and cancel or whatever have you and occasionally that re- what happens is somebody comes in and, and everyone actually shows up sometimes and you have to move them somewhere else and you say I'm sorry and unfortunately you know the, the, the hotel was overbooked or somebody stayed over or whatever the excuse is and you're saying you're sorry but it's an everyday part of hotel business and it's not like we're making you know millions and millions of dollars hand over fist this is something we have to do every day in order to keep the doors open and um, you know so it's kind of the you know yeah sometimes it inconveniences the customers and in this case they got publicity that they probably did not 
ever have the money to buy. And in order to get some of these big games off the ground like Baldur's Gate or whatnot, I can see why they did what they did. doesn't mean it makes people any more happy. But you know what? In the long run, it's going to be good for me as a consumer because if it helps GOG to stay open longer and to come out with more gems like Baldur's Gate 2 because the res- – or Baldur's Gate because the response is so strong because of their marketing stunt, they're getting in a lot of new people. A lot of people read those articles that maybe never even heard of GOG before. And are seeing that GOG now has Baldur's Gate. Maybe they, they left GOG for a while, and now they're seeing that GOG's coming out with new games again. You know, For me as a consumer, I, overall in the long run, I'm going to win out because they're going to be able to get bigger and bigger titles as they get more and more customers. Sure. So. But, I mean, seriously, at, this at sort of stuff for time, Baldur's Gate? I mean, Baldur's Gate? Who cares? Baldur's Gate, Is, for, for Baldur's a Gate GOG, 1, even? For a GOG fan my, like myself, Baldur's Gate's a big deal. Well, I've been Baldur's following Gate GOG. 2 is the one people go back and play, though. And it will probably eventually come out, but why would you release 2 before you release 1? Because that's what people want, and it's about what they yeah. want more than about the series order. You know, that's, yeah, well, I, I think... I don't know. I, <laughs> I think they'll eventually come out too. It's like you know they've got a, they've got. I know for a fact they've got the rights to Age of Wonders one, two, and the third but game. My argument is not about release? releasing Baldur's Gate one. It's about using that as a justification for why you needed to do this stunt because it's just not oh, big, that big of a game. It wasn't just about the Baldur's Gate. That was simply you know part of the puzzle. I mean, for GOG fans like myself, Baldur's Gate was something we've been waiting for for a long time. Okay. Yes, it's one instead of two. That I'm sure two will come out as when you when they put one out there, it's almost a presumption that two is going to eventually follow. Yeah. So that's exciting news for us because the rumors going back and forth was that they would never be able to secure Baldur's Gate because of all the licenses involved. Oh no no and, no! Uh, see that and that shouldn't be a problem for anyone who's followed these sorts of things before because GameTap like launched with Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. So it's been done before. So I'm not saying it hasn't issue. been done before. We're just we're just saying why hasn't it come out on GOG? Yeah. And a lot of the speculation was that GOG was having a problem getting those, you know, the necessary rights and whatnot. Um, I mean, that's, you know, it's it, for for people like me, it was really a big deal that, you know, Baldur's Gate's on there. So, I, um, I mean, time. I'm not saying it all revolves around that. I'm just saying their yeah. marketing stunt, though, in combination with the final version of the site, which is vastly improved, in combination uh, with they having got their a nice buzz. I don't argue game. with it. They got their buzz. I don't know why they had to do it this way. But, uh, Anna, what did you, what did you want I to feel say? like this was so risky because I'm concerned how much it's going to alienate fence sitters. Like, I hadn't bought anything from GOG, yeah. but I hear you guys talk about it all the time. And yeah. if they had a game that I, you know, was going to jump up and down about, I'd definitely get it from GOG. Well, Seeing this, you, I'm no, like, no, no, no I, I don't no. buy that because you weren't buying anyway. So if you were going to, you would have by now. I was yeah, waiting I, to I, see I, how the site was going to turn out. <laughs> I, I, well, but, now you know but, that but, it's obviously got legs know, to the, the point the where... Nice, <laughs> The nice thing about GOG is unlike Steam and Impulse, you don't have to worry about, hmm, is it going to be here tomorrow? Because once you buy a game from GOG... <laughs> Last week I was. <laughs> when you, when you, you know what? I, I, I was sad. To, you know, I honestly at, at first thought that they were really closed. And I have probably 40 games off of GOG, which is probably you know, between $150, $200 worth. Uh, I was worried a little bit. I was sad to see them go. But I wasn't worried about the games I had bought. Because unlike Steam and Impulse, once you download a GOG game, it is DRM-free, and yeah. I have backups of every Here's single one problem. of those games with all the documentation. I relied on GOG as my backup. I hadn't downloaded backups, and I need to do that. So, 
it it does work because there's no DRM, but only if you are proactive enough to download them all and like burn them to a disk or upload them to a server or something. I just keep it on my. I just keep the original installation files on my second hard drive. Yeah. It takes you know ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, so if it's... you have such a plan in in place, you're good to go. But if you don't, yeah. this is a good reminder that you should do that with your God games because if they ever I, I, did go away know, for it, real. You know, Steam or Impulse, I mean, any business can fold at any time. Yeah, I just, they're, they're, I, I know that very... I'm not worried about Steam. I, well, I could, I'm just I could saying, see some concern about Impulse, but not anytime soon. You know, any, any, it, theoretically, any business can either either close down its doors or be bought out, which would ca- which may cause an interruption. May cause an interruption of service with yeah. Steam and Impulse. I do have that worry that if they go down temporarily for whatever reason, whether the service crash, virus, or business issue, I could be temporarily disconnected from my games. I'm not worried about permanently. That's I'm why I use Gamersgate because but, I don't have to worry about it. Why? Yeah, but with Gamersgate, you don't have to worry about. Yeah. Why? Because I can keep the installation file on my computer. Oh, are they also little DRM? Hmm. Yeah. Most of their stuff is DRM free. Ah. I mean, some stuff, it's a one-time registration code, um, but it's not through their servers. It's through whoever has the game. Mm. So there you go. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, could, I could be angry at them. I've just had a look down their catalog, and there's a couple of other games that I should probably buy off there at some point. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I was just worried because I was I picked up like um, the Out of This World collector's edition off of them, and like the uh, uh, Arcanum, and I didn't have it downloaded and backed up, and I was like, no, I don't want to lose those now. <laughs> Chris, if it happened, I'd give you a copy of mine. Yeah, I know. Because I know you bought. Because it's DRM free. You just pirate them. It's DRM free. <laughs> That's the, that's the one issue with their site. It's like it's completely pirate friendly. I uh, yeah, and that's you know it's a it, you know that's why I kind of thought in the back of my head that that that, that closure might have really happened. Yeah, because me too. You know, I just and I was going to be kind of sad because the one the only I think the one thing I would have regretted was they had put Age of Wonders on there a few weeks ago, and I loved Age of Wonders. And uh, oh, that's okay. And, that's up on Impulse now. Yeah, yeah, and I saw that, but I, I'd rather have the the DRM free, don't have to log in or activate version, Got and uh, and so I kind of was upset that I didn't buy that before they shut down, and when they open back up, I'm like, okay, let me go buy it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I still have the disc to Age of Wonders two and Shadow, whatever it's called. Sure. I'll probably still get the GOG version of those guys, but one was the one I was most concerned about because I had lost the disc to that a while ago. So and it does play differently. Age of Wonders one is is a different experience than two, and I enjoyed one a lot. I beat the game, so it's nice having a DRM free version of that for a whopping six bucks. Got it. So we've got uh, some other industry news about digital downloads. Uh, who's got that story for me? Phil. Yeah. Oh, well, Phil does. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what is it? Well, it looks like that the digital uh, downloads are now exceeding physical uh, copies of games when it comes to uh, PC sales. And Ooh. a lot of people were saying that, um, that that wasn't going to happen for some time, that while the trend was going in that direction, that, that we would be looking at 2013 or 14 before that happened. But here we are in 2010, and uh, it is indeed the case that um, uh, that that those – the digital copies are, or the digital sales are exceeding the physical copies of sales. And um, while retail still sort of makes more money because they got a higher margin, from what I understand, uh, I don't know how long that's really going to be the case either. So, 
And you kind of, you know, I think. So what are the anybody- numbers? Well, let's see here. According to the NPD, games sold at physical retail have a greater market share um, by 57% as far as dollars go. But as far as you know, the physical, you know, the actual little copies, 21.3 uh, million digital purchases uh, last year versus 25. It's a lot someone's, of numbers. Here, someone's serenading us. Yeah. Oh, now it's gone. Surely. And now it's back. <laughs> so, That's weird. Uh, so, yeah. So it looks like 11.2 million PC games are purchased in the U.S. as full digital downloads in, 20, in, the, first, in the first half of 2010 versus 8.2 physical, million physical units. Um, and so last year it was uh, the other way around. So interesting. Yeah. But uh, apparently a lot of sale prices on those, those digital downloads. There's lots of yeah. You know, there's lots of sale prices, and I and I don't think even these numbers reflect totally everything because you you always have, as I mentioned in the article, you have the microtransactions and the mini expansions. Then you have all the free to play games, which don't make money directly off the consumers and sales, but make it off of um, advertisements. So I I think you're just going to see digital just getting bigger and bigger. And every time you go to some of these stores like EB Games, the PC section just gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. yeah. I was I was in an, I was actually at a GameStop looking for a, a copy of Guild Wars, and uh, they didn't have it. They said that yeah. the closest one was like two hours away. I uh, there is one copy of anything Guild Wars in all of Vancouver right now. It's one Eye of the North for twenty five dollars. That's what I was looking for. Was Eye of the North? Because <laughs> I don't want to pay the full price on their website for it. How much is it on their site? It's like thirty bucks on the NC well, site. It's cheaper in the store. I know. That's scary. Yeah. I mean, not everybody's sold on the digital distribution yet. Com- the problem is, is that companies aren't sold on it. Uh, almost everything NTSoft is more expensive as a digital download than as a box copy. Even Ion was like five bucks more expensive as a digital download. Ah. Yeah. That's too bad. But yeah. Moving on. Moving on. What else we got? So many Our, stories this week. We got the Church of Harold. What is the Church of Harold? Who's, who's publicity stunt? Oh, is it? Oh. I don't know. If I could just have a quick go back too, just real fast on, on that digital download thing. But have you noticed that when you do go to the store and you buy a physical copy of a game, that you've got at least a fifty-fifty chance, if not more, that when you go and install it, it's going to make you tie it into a Steam account or something like that, anyways? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't had that happen. This is you the survive. I mean, oh, take well. You, you got that? Yes, if I, I mean, heck, I mean, StarCraft. You don't realize it, but when you bought it and you stalled it, it made you set up a BlizzardNet account if you didn't already have one and tie it Battle in. BattleNet, not yeah, BlizzardNet. Yeah, so <laughs> you're you're in a digital copy age, whether you, you kind of want it or not. And I kind of realized that a year or two ago when I bought the last Remnant and got home, and I wasn't a big fan of Steam at the time. And when I installed it, it made it tie tie me into a Steam account. And you know, I at that point I just kind of threw in the towel and pretty much started shopping Steam because I'm like, why am I going to go get a copy physically install it and whatnot if eventually it's just going to tie it into Steam anyways? And it won't play without Steam. <laughs> you can't just install the Last Remnant and play it without Steam without tying into Steam. Just like you can't play StarCraft without tying it into BattleNet. I so, have noticed though. I have a copy, a PC, PC copy of uh, Last Roman. I'm pretty damn sure it does make that extremely clear on the box, though, like in big, large letters on the back. 
I don't have the box anymore. I don't remember seeing a big warning. It might have been in the system requirements or something, which when I buy a game, I don't really look at system requirements because my PC usually exceeds everything. Um, But it might have been there in the the PC. But as far as a big, huge sticker, must have Steam access. No, I didn't see that. It would have jumped out at me if it did. I mean, I looked at the box. Why did you buy the last remnant physically? Because I was at, I was just at GameSpot. I saw it there. It was on sale. I, I don't have an Xbox. They have and I sales said, oh, on PC games at GameSpot? Th- this was a couple years ago, dude. Wow. Yeah, GameStop. Back, well, at GameStop, yeah, GameSpot. Even so, I didn't think they did sales on PC games. I just, so found, I was, my, I just found my box of it. Yeah, the, the, the Steam notice is underneath the three screenshots on the back of the it, box. Well, okay, okay been, guys, 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 guys. You're comparing, you're comparing U.S. packaging to British packaging. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> so we're well, comparing I'm, apples to, note. <laughs> you know, black plums. Yeah. I, I've heard I've heard cases too where people have gone back and stuck stickers on things after the case. Is it a sticker? It, no, it, no, it's actually printed directly onto the box. The, the, the yeah. packaging is so not even the same. I wouldn't even compare it. So, uh, so the, yeah, that sucks. People shouldn't. The, yeah. People Even if you're getting the physical copies, you're tying it into a digital-based account, and you're going to have to activate it online, and it's going to tie into an account. So you I like might the way well EA has just... been doing that with their PC games. What they let me do is take that license key and uh, put it into their uh, digital downloader, and the benefit is basically if I lose my discs, I can just download them from EA now. But so I did that with can, Mass Effect 1 and 2. So. Can you play the game without activating it into an online account at all if you wanted to? If their service well, goes down, can you go to a brand new computer, install your Mass Effect from the disc, and be able to play just like you would on a console? Yeah, because it doesn't have to activate. Yeah, that's the, you know. the yeah that for EA that was that was easy. It was just something you do um, afterwards. It was just for Mass Effect Two, not Mass Effect One. Sorry, uh, Mass Effect One was different. Yeah, I know uh. with the Sims, she has to have an account because she has all those microtransactions and stuff, but I don't know if she went to a fresh new PC and just installed it because she played without the expansions and stuff and just run it without activating it. I'm not sure. That's EA. Food for thought. Interesting. Oh, what else did we got for this week? Oh, we've got the Church of Herald. That's right. And Anna, That's right. you were going to tell us about Church of Herald, right? Well, all no. right, so... Oh, Manius. Oh. Sorry, go for it. Yeah, Manius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Interplay has a funny little pamphlet celebrating Harold and his wonderful tree-based church, and it's there to promote the Fallen MMO, which uh, you won't be able to play until 2012. That's when the, a beta set to art. Yep. Yeah. So, um... So Harold. Well... You know, if you don't know, Harold was in the, all three Fallouts. He's the super... Well, he's just a mutant. But it sounds, like, it sounds like the, what happens in Fallout 3, which somebody just politely spoiled for me in the chat room, um, <coughs> would make it kind of useful for him to useless for him to appear in the MMO, wouldn't it? Well, I could. Well, it could take place before Fallout 3. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So basically, if you go out, you this is just further proof that Interplay really is supposedly working on. Fallout stuff, so you can go. Yeah, Fallout uh, MMO, despite some uh, legal stuff. Mm-hmm. I know. I kind of took the buzz out of that one. Yeah, it's okay. So, uh, you, if you want to see more, go to interplay.com slash f o o n l slash f o o zero 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 two one zero or two zero one dot html, and you can see the Church of Herald 
or go to our delicious links, delicious.com slash rpgamer. That'd be easier, wouldn't it? So, yeah, and you can read through the pamphlet of the Church of Herald, and they've got all the things about proper hats and the tree growing out of his head and such things as that. Hmm. Harold seems like an interesting character. I should finish these Fallout games and learn about the characters like that. That's right. Are you going to get New Vegas? No, I'm not done right. with three. I don't need to buy New <laughs> Vegas. I think you're never done with three. I think at some point you have to say, just put it down and say, okay. Well, I haven't done the main stories. I haven't done any of the good DLC. I have, you know, so I mean, there's so much more I could do in three. I don't know why I'd spend so the money on Vegas. So he's not at the point that he's rolling over, grabbing the towel, and lighting up the cigarette. Right. There you go. Exactly well, get on it, man. It's been like two or th- two years by now. Yeah, so it probably won't happen, will it? <laughs> I'm more interested in going back and playing one and two. Uh, let's see. You know, you can get those on good old games. <laughs> I know. I have them on good old games. I do. I own them there. Uh... <laughs> Ah, uh, so another, speaking of good old games, Nintendo is about to release another good old console for us, and we have some specs about it. Manny, have you digested well, these for us? Well, first things first, um, this is all speculation, and we, don't, we won't know anything until September 29th, which is like four days from now. That's when Nintendo's going to have their press conference to uh, sort of tell, you what, tell us the price, the final price, mm-hmm. final release date. Colors, launch games, all that stuff. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But apparently, IGN's unearthed some uh, some tech specs. And he, let me just give you a quick rundown of what it is. Uh, what it'll have two two hundred sixty six megahertz ARM eleven uh, CPUs, and uh, we already know about the Pika two hundred GPU. We talked about that here before. Uh, Sixty four megabytes of RAM, four megabytes of video RAM, and one point five gigs of uh, flash storage. Nice. Okay, so what does this actually mean to me as a consumer? What does it mean to you? Well, th- the funny thing is, if you want to know what it means to you as a consumer, all you have to do is look, look at videos from uh, E3. Yeah. Okay, but, maybe it's just, I don't know. It, I means feel that like it, can run, having... it means that it can run a game like Metal Gear Solid 3, which is a PS2 title, in full 3D and have it look almost as good as it did on the PS2. Thank yeah, you. I'm... That's what I wanted. I wanted a practical example because you throw yeah. a bunch of numbers at me and I sort of stare at you. Yeah, I wasn't done yet. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. Snap. <laughs> which, by the way, it will be running Metal Gear Solid 3. That's been announced for the system, so. No, I will say this though: is that um, people are saying that the ARM 11 chip, the uh, CPUs are a little older, and they were on found on the initial iPhones. And you know now they moved Apple's moved to the A4 chip, so they're a little getting they're they're getting a little old. But since they don't have to run any uh, um, operating isn't systems, it a, isn't hmm? it? A, I'm going to raise my hand and interrupt you for a second again. Isn't go it right a ahead. good thing to go with a slightly older chip? Because well, one us, of the huge funny. problems with the DS was availability of all the parts. Mm-hmm. They could not make them fast enough. Right. Which chip is older here? ARM 11. Oh, the ARM 11. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know, you're right. And it'll, it'll mean that – and it, since it doesn't have to run an operating system like Apple's devices do or any – uh, Right. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think they can pick up the A4. I don't think Apple's going to give that. No, power. but I mean something <laughs> like a Tegra was like this. No, yeah, you're right, yeah. But since it doesn't have to run any fancy operating system, it just has to run the games. I mean, and it does. And the Pika does use smart shading, and like um, lots of what. 
lots yeah, of pixels. I, that, that's that's Nintendo's mo for part selection, though. They never pick like the newest, greatest thing on the market at the time. I think, like Anna says, they pick something that's a little bit more available, a little more more um, yeah. more t- more out there, more familiar with people. And it saves us money in the long run. Yeah, um, but it yeah. also means that Nintendo uh, consoles they don't uh, age very well. Uh. I don't know that uh, I can say that because the DS aging? seems to be de- aging pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, know. I'm literally on my third DS system. My, uh, well, for like some things, like I just can't stand internet play with uh, my DS. It just feels so archaic. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. But that's, that's Nintendo in 2035. Yeah, that's all software implementation. That internet it? is interesting. I mean, that's not a DS problem. That's a Nintendo is kind of stupid in this area problem. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I'd blame too much of that on the parts other than choosing not to be able to do uh, WPA. Which is because they didn't of... choose WPA in the beginning and they were kind of stuck with it. Yeah. yeah. And they added it into the DSi, but only for stuff that isn't the game. So, <laughs> oh, well. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh, um, let me quick. I could, Anna, to give you something, a quick little comparison if you want. Um, Please. All right, the original Nintendo DS featured a pair of ARM processors running at 67 megahertz and 33 megahertz and a paltry 4 megabytes of RAM. So this is a giant okay, jump over that. Is, this is massively better. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, it doesn't, like, anyway, it doesn't matter. This can all be talk. For all you know, this could be, it could have, like, a PS3 inside. We'll find out in four days. <laughs> we'll find out. That's right. Uh, something we don't need to wait a couple of days to find out. Uh, Pokemon Black and White, you all knew this, but uh, just in case you didn't, it sold a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. So, 2,637,000 units for the first week. Um, that's the highest first week sales ever for the series. And uh, if you're talking highest ever for Pokemon, you're talking pretty much highest ever for anything, aren't you? I don't know what uh, was... it, grass grass grows. The Pope wears a pointy hat. Yeah. There's crap in the woods. Pokemon games sold a lot in Japan. Sold even yeah, there more. you go. Well, okay. The first week for well said. Pa- di- here's the first week for Diamond and Pearl was one one million five hundred eighty six thousand. So they basically added over a million to their first week sales. Yeah, one point one more. One point one million more units. So it yeah. didn't just break the record. It kicked it until it cried and ran away with like a little girl. Uh, of course, as part of any uh, big launch like that, there's going to be issues. The Pokemon Global Link had some issues early on. has been taken offline, and it'll probably be down for a week, and then it'll be coming back online. And everybody in America is like, yay, but we have to wait five months. So, boo. Well, think of it this way. That I means you can time, play. Five months gives them time to work out all those little nearly bugs. Yeah, I'm not worried about those. Yeah. And you can play it on your 3DS. <laughs> Why? Do? But it won't have 3DS support. I know, we're, but the 3DS is shiny. We're going to have the 3DS team. in five months. No way we can have the 3DS. Sure we will. We'll probably have months. it by March. We were guaranteed to have it out by March. Really? Yes. Yeah. We were. But that's not five months away. That's six. Okay. Oh. So we'll have to wait a month to play it on our 3DS, Manny. Damn you, Anna, and your calendar. <laughs> wait, isn't that John? Darn it, John. Damn it, John, and your calendar. Uh, uh, I apologize for whatever I'm being blamed for. <laughs> Oh, Your oh, name is like a calendar, honest. so we're blaming you for calendar Jooms stuff. Oh. would like to interject oh, that yeah? he believes what? Dragon what? Quest sells more than Pokemon. Where is he doing? He's not in the chat room. How is he doing uh, that? He only interjects in private messages. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. He has a direct line into my brain. He All right. My left so ear. thank you, Jooms, for letting us know that Dragon Quest is even more important 
What did it do? It, it did more than two and a half units in a week? Two and a half million? <laughs> two and a half is pretty good. Two and a, yeah, two and a half. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what the heck did Dragon Quest do? Gamer Three? Google, so you don't have to? Yeah. Woo. Dragon right. Quest. No, I don't need to know. I don't need to. Sales. You, That's right. First two days in Dragon Quest sales, 2.23 million. Oh, okay, so it did more. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first two days. Awesome. Doesn't invalidate what I said. What did you say? Oh, but yeah, oh. right. Yeah, that it's a, we know. Uh, yeah. Got apparently, it. that's not the first week. That's the first two days. Yes, that's what you said. Okay. When you read Just it with sure. your mouth, you said the first two days sales. Okay. Sorry. I thought <laughs> I said first week and then realized that, no, no, I think I'm actually incorrect. Yes, 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 yes. Well, here's something I do have good data on Breath of Yay. Death 7. Remember we had the developer that on the show? Robert. Uh, Robert, thank you, Robert, for joining us on that show. That was very good of you to do. And apparently um, uh, your, your game did pretty well. For an Xbox Live Indie title, it sold 30,000 copies. At a buck a piece, that's $30,000. So that's... Um, that's for a, a game takes... they spent $250 developing? Yeah. Mm. How much does Microsoft I mean, take? I was about to say, they do the Apple thing, right? Uh, I don't know, probably. They, they do take some cut. So, so $20,000. Yeah, Microsoft do take a cut for stuff sold on the indie store. Yeah. I had to do some research on it as part of my course last year. But you don't remember how much of a cut? I think no, like I Apple. can't. No. Did, you, did you get an F on that paper? Come on, man. What'd you do? He's <laughs> calling you with the question, man. He's calling I, he you had out. to do the research, but he didn't actually finish it. I just know <sighs> they take a cut. Well, you should they be do, an expert they, now. They, you did they, the paper. You did the paper. It's late. It's oh, 10 right. p.m. No, no, you're right. You're right. I forgot how late it is there. He needs to go read his Steam pa- his uh, PC packaging. Uh, I can't come up with any good jokes. I'm like the Netflix CEO today. All right, so guys, it's only <laughs> six thirty in the evening where he is. Oh, that's yes. right. Why am I the only person that Maybe knows he's how to hungry. work? Time he's zones. hungry. He's hungry. He wants dinner. Yeah, we'll be having dinner soon. Yeah, there we go. All right. Hey, we're Americans. We're self-absorbed. We don't yeah, that's care. right. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but we do care about Breath of Death 7, so check this out. Um, they've got, uh, apparently, our review, RP Gamer's review, is listed here on the chart that he put up about uh, sales, charting the sales versus time. And the RP mm. Gamer review gave a little boost, like uh, yeah, about 70 copies, copies on that day. Yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. seven copies? 70, I said. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was about to say that's not much of a no, boost. No, actually, it is more like a hundred. Yeah, it's like it was versus like versus the day co- before. Extra copies for but, three days but, in a row. But, but like the that. RPG fan review did like no. It's 200. it's one over. It's supposed to be one over. It's what? actually the the lower hump underneath it. Well, then it was already spiking due to some other reason. Yeah, the spike where the RPG fan is is. Wait, how do you know else. that? How do you know that? Because I read the comments. Oh, okay. Oh, I was I was going to feel inadequate. But now no, I feel better. The RPG fan is one down. Okay. Where RPG fan is. That doesn't matter. We don't need to make fun of them then. Man, can I see a link of this? Um, there should be a Cthulhu Saves it's the World linked announcement. On the, okay. You go to zboy. Oh, wow. Uh, let me put it in the in the pad. Zboy.com. I'll put it, no, no, I'll just put it up there. Or <laughs> you can go to our find. forums and we have a discussion. No, no, I just right linked it. it and... I linked it in the RC room. Okay. Oh, oh, you're telling people, the listeners. Right. Yes. Um, it, it'll be on our delicious so, links as usual, but if that's not working or, for you. You can go to our forums and under um, role playing games. There's we're actually having a discussion about it in our forums as well. There you go. 
Wow, Yahoo's gangbusters. Yes. So the Yahoo article was a huge spike. The second huge spike was uh, a UK site. No, no, there's an unmarked second spike. Yeah. Um, it's when Char- the independent Charles show on the UK dashboard oh. featured it. Well, they should have done that. Yeah, they accidentally didn't mark it. So yeah, the RPG fan review is that little spike basically straight between 622 and 722 where it goes almost up to 200. Got it. It's that random spike in the middle of uppy downsies. I see it, I see it, I see it, I see yep. it. In the middle of uppy downsies. <laughs> it was just, there's a whole bunch of upsy downsies and then there's like this little beep spike. Okay. All right. Woo, good job, Z-Boyd Games, for doing a... This is like... Uh, this isn't like Gangbusters, but it's not bad. So this is like... This is like... Uh, this is like you, having a sailor... You, you know what this for is? For like $250 investment? That's this is lot. This is... Well, I know, but I'm talking about making money to live off of. So this is like doing work. This is like having a, a steady job is what this is. So this is, uh, this is right. decent. If he's, so if you want to do a few of these... And then you might have a decent salary. This alone over a five-month period might not be so fantastic because it's not just him alone, right? He's got at least uh, a him and one other guy. Yeah. So splitting oh. it, it hurts a little, but uh, that's it's not bad. If he starts turning these out and gets sales but like if, this. I mean, if he does four of these a year, one um, every three months, that's pretty much a full-time job. And that would yeah, be decent pay. Well, I don't know if it'd be decent pay, but it'd be pay. It's certainly you can buy a new HGTV. Maybe. <laughs> the thing that actually Remember, really surprises people, me, so. <laughs> trial to purchase conversion, two-thirds. Holy crap. The average trial to purchase turnover on XBLA is supposed to be something like 2%. Dang. The last stat that I saw. Mm-hmm. Just to give you a comparison of how massively well, amazing. Is that is that for XBLA games or indie compared. games? Is that It's XBLA. Yeah. So your com- indie games, when it's a dollar, I bet their trial to purchase rate is just different to begin with. Also, you only I, get five minutes with the game, so it's harder to trial them. So I think people are more likely to put the money down if they need, possibly. if they really want to try it for right. a dollar. Right. Fucking dollar. So, still looking forward to Cthulhu Saves the World. No official release date yet. Um, Ooh. Oh, yeah. And uh, one thing he he talked about is uh, he he sent out uh, the fake box copies to various media addresses, and it didn't pan out. Robert, send one to me, man. You know, I would totally love a Cthulhu Saves the World package, and I will talk about it until the end of time. You will get tons of coverage. Let me guess why. Because that game is making you famous? Oh, yeah. Infamous. Infamous. How is it making you famous? Because it has a character named Pause. Oh, right. <laughs> who's named after me? Haven't you been following our Twitter discussions? No. I have an attack with Cthulhu called Tentacle! Has an exclamation mark at the end. I don't know that I follow him on... How do you follow him on Twitter? Uh, you can go to Where Zombie. Where yes, Zombie? I, be- I believe that's it. Uh, yeah, hang on. Let me double check my Twitter here. So there you go. Yeah. Z-Boyd Games. It's W-E-R-E. Oh, sorry. Where Zompire. I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. W-E-R-E-Z-O-M-P-I-R-E. 
Oh. Hmm. So, to, I mean, it's making some good cash, yeah? Quinn, you think so, right? Yeah. It's not uh, Angry Birds money, but... Uh, well, for, for the amount of um, uh, money that they invested in it, what they've kind of got out of it is, is a really good result for, for, for a small indie development studio. Do you, uh, um, you familiar with a lot of indie studios? Um, I'm not f- sort of, you know, I'm not intimately familiar with indie studios as such, um, but I have sort of had a, um, a, a kind of insight into um, sort of how indie studios kind of have to struggle through development in order to get, get into a state where they can actually turn a profit from something. Mm. Um, it's it's a long it's a long and hard road, and the the uh, the, the you know the the users that you're selling to, particularly on um, you know the, through Xbox Live services, are, are usually very particular, and you know you've got to do things right, otherwise you just won't drum up sales, and uh, nobody will buy it, and you'll you won't make any money. So they, I think they've done extremely well. They've got a whole postmortem in this article here, talking about what they did well and what they did poorly. So you can go read that on their site, and right now. I would like us to take a little break. Yeah. And uh listen to a song from G Dog Tuck. So Look. let's listen to that right now. Alright man, lay it on me.
All right, thanks, Garrett, for that song. Honor in the West, you can go pick it up at his his YouTube page or his file. Well, we'll have it linked in the thread. So go to the thread for the show, and you can listen to it and download it on your own. Thank you, Garrett. We love when you send music. All right, now it's time for our picks and the voids. First off, we've got Anna. What you got for us this week? Uh, I've just been playing a ton this week. I started playing Digimon Battle. I finished Twisted Land Shadow, which after I got through that stupid red-green puzzle, I actually quite enjoyed. Um, This week, I picked up the new expansion for King's Bounty. It's called Cross Worlds. It does require a copy of Armored Princess to play. So you can basically buy it three ways. If you have the game already, you can just get Cross Worlds. If you don't have the game, you can get the pack that has Armored Princess and Cross Worlds. If you're completely new to the series, you can get the ultimate pack, which has the legend Armored Princess and Cross Worlds in it. So you'd be completely set for life. So Cross Worlds has two um, side campaigns and then a continuation of the main storyline. So the two side pieces are um, a Coliseum, which is done by a mercenary. He's introduced to the story. He's sort of involved in the previous games, but now he has a starring role. Uh, You have to go through eight or nine bosses. Um, I finished that. I actually quite liked it. Um, Based on that and the second mini campaign, which is a gauntlet with Amelie, who's the princess, who's the armored princess. Um, I have to say that they have definitely fixed the balance issues that I found incredibly, incredibly, critically bad in armored princess. I thought that would make you cheer. Um, For example, armored princess, I was basically struggling on easy Hmm. and I felt that easy should be easy. I'm not a bad player. These are not difficult games per se, but I mean, it was the whole, if you put the cheat codes on your page, expecting people to play, expecting people to use them then i'm concerned so i actually finished the the coliseum on hard so easy normal hard and then there's like an impossible after that as well um and i'm through the gauntlet i'm playing it on normal um i'm quite liking it basically the gauntlet is actually really neat the coliseum doesn't change you basically go through and you fight the the appropriate level enemy um what, what happens is when you start uh, the gauntlet. Basically, you're um, shooting for this prestigious award that they only give to like one person every generation. And at the beginning, basically, it sets you up and says, "Oh no, they're invading our kingdom again!" And you have three choices, and it's like, "Is it the is it the orcs again? Have the dwarfs revolted, or have the demons returned?" And that basically tells you which of the units you are going to be fighting against. And as you progress further along away from the castle, more and more um, NPC uh, buildings to recruit characters become unlocked. But you do have a finite amount of resources. You have finite gold. You have finite number of units. So you have to play. You can't play defensively because you're just going to lose too much. You have to play play smarter, not harder. So I'm actually really liking it. I haven't played the storyline set, um, but definite, definite recommend for me just because of the fact that it does fix the difficulty curve. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep. All right. Thank you, Anna. So what's the name of the You're expansion again? King's Bounty Cross Worlds. Cross Worlds. Yes, it's called Cross Worlds because... Um, you're basically crossing between worlds in some of these. Ah. Like Amelie's, Amelie's side story is sort of like almost out of character because it's never going to be mentioned again. Oh. And the Colosseum, you're teleported in from another dimension. Hmm. And the the guy who teleported you in is sponsoring you for the tournament and he'll well teleport you back when you've won or you'll be dead. 
Yeah, six of one, half dozen of the other. He doesn't really care. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Quinn, what do you got for us? Got a pick for us? Well, um, uh, well I have uh, technically been one of those people um, who's joined in with the, uh, the early rush, the early adopters for Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, I actually have a policy against um, recommending um, massively multiplayer games to just about anybody uh, because, well... Um, uh, people accept them in different ways, and um, well, let's just leave it at that. Um, so, uh, similar to um, uh, the recommendation I made last week, um, I picked up the Shadow Broker DLC for Mass Effect 2 a couple of days ago and recently finished it. Nice. Uh, I've been thinking about picking this up. Is it awesome? Yes, yes, it is. Go That's buy it. Go buy say. it. Now. They say everything's good. They say, like, the, the background info you get on characters is great. What's going on here? Oh, the, the background information. I don't really want to spoil too much of those because it. Uh, the basically, you get a um, dossiers on your on your squad and a couple of um, NPCs that aren't members members of your squad. Okay. And the writing on those, some of them is hilarious. It just reveals sort of little background bits of information that you just wouldn't have guessed about certain characters. Ah. Uh, okay. uh, I, if I was going to hint towards one of them, you see uh, one of Legion, the Geth. Yeah, yeah, he has uh, he has some interesting pastimes. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I say go go and buy, go definitely go and buy the Shadow Broker DLC. Uh, I think it's probably one of the best pieces of DLC I've ever spent money on. So nice. strongly recommended. That'd be awesome. All right, yep. so go pick that up. Um, does it have any annoying bits? Is it all awesome? Um, Actually, you know, the only thing I really had, um, and I think it's actually um, just a problem that's with the, the PC version with Mass Effect 2 in general, uh, as I noticed it happened before I got the, um, before I got the DLC, is just that there's this bug that uh, appears to happen in certain parts of the game where if you accidentally press into a, um, the wrong part of the, uh, you know, like into a, um, you know, like a bit of cover or something like that, or basically a, a, a section of the world geometry you'll sort of float up into it and then be unable to get down um huh. yeah and i've had to restart a couple of missions over the, over the course of my first run through uh due to just floating into the into the world geometry and being unable to get down so you know i've actually had that happen in mass effect 2 in general yeah i would just yeah, get stuck that, on top of stuff yeah yeah i had it it's happen with their a engine. few times yeah yeah so it's not not limited to the DLC, but it did happen to me during it. Yeah. Okay. Once. That's so. too bad. They, I, mm. I was hoping they'd fix that with a patch by now. Apparently not. Yeah, I, I'd I'd kind of hope so too, but they haven't just yet. Have you done any of the other DLC? Do you know if any of it's worth getting other than this? Um, uh, the only other DLC I've done is the stuff you get if you just buy Mass Effect Two now. So the Cerberus Network stuff is any of that worth yeah. even going through? Um. Well, you get an additional. Um. You get an additional squad member. Um, the replacement they have for the Mako is um, interesting, but they don't do that much with it. I think there's uh, like, isn't there a mission that uses it either in this pack or one of the other packs? Maybe it's uh, Firewalker. Yeah. Well, the yeah, Firewalker introduces you to it, but then doesn't Overlord use it or something? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't have the Overlord oh, okay. one, so I can right. comment. You know, at this point, I would think if you don't own Mass Effect 2, wait a little while, and you can probably get the Game of the Year edition with all the DLC yeah, included. I like all of it. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Or, or even if you want to sell it back to like GameStop or Amazon, get most of your money back. Like, at least, they'll at least give you twenty bucks on it, and then you can just pick up 
Game of the Year edition for like when it's thirty dollars for like ten bucks. That's a good point. Yeah, that would save you some money versus it. But no, I guess that would work fine. And yeah, you I'm going to trade in my collector's copy items because that's tied to your account and you've already used the codes on it. Yeah, no, that would work. Hmm. Neat. Yeah, so that that that's my pick of the week. Cool. Well, all right, Manny, you got a pick for me? Um. Well, I beat Halo Reach on Monday. Hey. Hey. Are you a Noble Squad member? Noble team? I feel like one. You feel like one? I hear it's got an interesting ending, not that we want to spoil it. Uh, it does. I, I will, the, I'll say this. And no, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. It is interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. I won't say anything. Okay. <laughs> um, after, other than that, I, uh, I've been enjoying Diablo with a bunch of people here at RP Gamer. We've been playing. When? Been having... When are you playing? I've been wanting to play. I didn't know you guys we, were still we, we sent the call out, but you weren't around. You sent a what? We sent the, I sent another call out. You weren't around. Another call out on the emails? Oh, no. This oh. time it was just uh, me. It was in the chat room. Oh, it, was okay. on, it was me. It was Glenn. It was Kel. All and right. it was Becky. Where'd you get to? Um, I think we started over. Every good, oh, you started over never, again. <laughs> I will never get beyond Act 3 in this game at this point. <laughs> Right, oh, well, but I do have one question. I mean, since I've just been playing like a 12-year-old game, who cares? But I do have one question for you. Yeah. So are you still interested in, in legitimately doing a game night with uh, Lord of the Rings Online? Yeah, um, that, would be, that would be fun. Uh, I don't do know you have any times in particular we want to so we can start maybe setting this up for people? And then uh, give everyone an idea of how soon they need to download their... Well, we will... Hmm. I don't want to do it next week, but maybe the week after... Would it work? Um, would you want to do it for PAX Extra Life? I mean, ex- the Extra Life. <laughs> uh, for Extra Life? Like, on the Extra Life day, you mean, or what? Would you? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know, because I keep on hearing people talk about it, like, yeah, Lord of the Rings, I'll download it, I'll download it. And I feel like, since I'm the one to start a game, I feel responsible to get this going. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know about doing it for Extra Life. That seems a bit long. <laughs> 24 hours of it. All right, then I'll just sort of make a tentative date. Everyone, install it. Do you know what server you're playing on? Yeah, Crick Hollow. All right, there you go. Crick Hollow, Lord of the Rings online. It's free to play. We'll see. We'll play. All we'll all play together eventually. Yeah, I wanna I wanna get people into this guild called Ministry of Silly Pies, just because it has an awesome name and it seems very casual and social. So it seems like a good place to target, um, rather than trying to run an RP Gamer Guild, which is has its own challenges. Um, but right. I don't know how that will go. Maybe they won't like us. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, get that going and get through the tutorial stuff at least, because you don't want to. You don't want to. There's like this whole set of missions in a town called Archit. You want to be done with that before you start. All right, then I'm glad I brought this up. So everyone, get past that, and then we'll do our game. Night. Yeah, otherwise we won't be able to like really party up with people. So, uh, and in the meantime, um, I've got my pick, which is kind of distracting me from that. So I don't know how to balance this well. We should probably do a game night in this, Final Fantasy XIV, mm. because it's out. That but, is very timely. Yeah. Next week, the Standard Edition comes out. Um, we don't want to do a game night the first week or so, though, because the servers are so congested. Oh, my gosh. So having fun with the game and playing with other people, but there are so many issues with Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, Would I've been you reading your point? Twitter feed. Yeah. I've just your complaint after complaint. It's just... Because, well, I, I'm not saying any of the good stuff because, well, the bad stuff is more interesting. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, 
you start logging in, you need to, you get 30 free day, days of game time, but you need to put in a credit card number in order to use it. Oh, wait, no, apparently you could use a Krista. You could tell it you're paying with Krista and then it wouldn't charge you. It, it's just so weird. The interface is terrible for setting up your account. The interface is terrible in case you accidentally apply your code incorrectly or click something wrong. Uh, fixing it, the customer service people are terrible because they'll tell you they can't help you even though they can. Uh, <laughs> And then if you try and call them, they still tell you they can't help you. So you have to wait for their customer service people to get their training updated and then contact them later to get your account sorted out so you don't lose your collector's edition code and need to re-download it. Um, it's it's terrible right now. Uh, the servers are super crowded, which is not their fault. That's how MMO launches go. Servers are always super crowded. Hey, my server's been fine. You just went to the busiest one. We did go to one of the busiest ones, yeah. Um, I think Lind- I think Lindblom, the uh, server named after the the town from Final Fantasy Nine is the busiest server at no, the moment. No, Figaro was going to be the busiest oh, one. Oh, yeah, there is that one. Because it's Figaro, first of all, as well as um, apparently something awful, and uh, some of the main 14 fan sites chose that as their server. Uh, I don't know who chose Lindblom that made it so popular. But uh, why is... I, the name itself can't be popular. Who remembers Lindblom? Oh, I do. Lindblom's one of my favorite Final Fantasy cities. Oh, my gosh. Which one is that? Uh, Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, which town is it? The main town? Uh, the really, really, really big one. That you start in? No, the other really big one. Oh, I don't even remember them. Is it the dark one? The one that was at night? No, no, it's the one that... It's the city that makes airships, where Sid comes from. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Sid the Frog, got it. Yeah, Sig the Oglop. Oglop. Right. Okay, fine. <laughs> So apparently I should know that. So yeah, it's really, really, really busy. Um, the interface still needs a lot of work. And um, let's see what else we got. The <laughs> this is a great pick. <laughs> the, uh, the just uh, the way that I was going to ask is that's a pick or an avoid? I know the way. <laughs> Can't even. Well, this is mostly the reason why I don't recommend um, ever re- recommend MMOs because I'm actually playing 14 at the moment, and I'm actually getting quite a bit of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, so. but uh, it's it's got so many issues that need help. Oh, well, apparently this is still more stable and uh, sort of better, in inverted quotes, than Final Fantasy XI was back in its original Japanese launch in 2002. Yeah, the Japanese launch, but we never got to see that over here. Yeah, because we, we didn't get... Well, the America didn't get uh, Final Fantasy XI until almost a year later, and then Europe didn't get Final Fantasy XI until almost a year after that, yeah. by which point they'd worked out most of the serious problems. That's right, that's true. The The beta for eleven was very solid. Um, the beta here wasn't so solid. They, they just things things that just aren't right yet. Things they haven't considered right. Like right now, I'm stuck with all these leave quests I finished in my city, and I can't turn them in. And I can't get new ones. Um, I can't even upgrade them to higher level leave quests because, like, I could go try those now that I'm higher level, but I can't get rid of the ones I have in order to go get those quests. It's really, 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 really weird. Um, it's, things haven't been fully baked, but um, basic core gameplay is fine and. If we could ever figure out how to get to high levels with that gameplay, that would probably be cool, too. It, it just seems like you're meant to grow with the game right now. I don't know. What level have you gotten to, Quinn? Uh, um, physical rank, th- uh, physical level 13. Uh, my highest rank is 9. Are you doing leaves, or are you just going out and smacking on monsters to do your leveling? Uh, both. Both. Okay. Interesting. Both. Got to 13. Uh, the... Gameplay is pretty simple in this game. You pick up a weapon that defines your class. Then you go get some quests uh, 
that are for that class, and then you go out and do them. Um, you can solo all the early ones. You can solo with like no problems, and uh, later ones I hear get a bit tougher. Um, you can also go and uh, just go out and smack on monsters, or you can also level your character by gathering resources like fishing, mining, or cutting down trees. You could also craft, and that also gives you experience. So you can level pretty much no matter what you do. You change your class on the fly by changing your weapon, and you run around the city uh, hooking up with people, doing the quest together, or just uh, crafting or doing whatever you feel like. And right now, that's the game, unless I'm missing something. Is there a, there's like nothing else to really do. They have a story quest that you start when you start the game, but that, that only lasts for a couple hours, and then it's done, and then that's it, isn't it, Quinn? Uh, apparently there's another one. Uh, that one continues at rank 10, which is something I'm trying to investigate by getting to rank 10. Oh, I thought you said you were rank 10. You were 13. No, no, right? there's a different, there's a diff- um, the, um, you have a, a physical level, um, yeah. which determines your baseline stats. And then you have a rank, which is your class level. Oh, you need to get um, class up to 10. You okay. need a class up 10 over a uh, physical level. Okay. So. Hmm. Okay. So I think that's how it works anyway. Yeah. So unless I just haven't spoken to the right NPC yet or something. Yeah, it's possible. Um, the cities are organized very, you know, organically. At least Gridania, for example. Um, so finding shops and weapons to upgrade with is kind of hard. It seems like you're meant to upgrade your equipment by trading with other crafters and stuff, which I guess mm. is, that's what they want to do. There's no auction house right now. I don't know what their plans are for that. You have to go and like investigate bazaars and stuff and. Uh, so the economy is a little weird right now, and uh, what you're supposed to do after you're done kind of leveling a job to 10 is kind of weird right now, but we'll see. Uh, there's, right. there's basically, there's, there's, room, there's room, there's a lot of room for growth there. It's something that Square Enix really do need to concentrate I, on. I would if guess, keep if cool. I had to just pull something out of my butt here, I'd say 70% of the game is not really out yet. Uh, well, Tom, <laughs> look, uh, it, I, I personally find that to be the case with a lot of MMOs these days. Yeah, but we'll see. So it, it's a launch, and if you want to get in on the ground floor, and it, there's plenty to keep you busy for now. Um, as far as what happens later, that's you know that's why we don't review them yet because it's just too early. So uh, that's all I've got for my 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 not really pick or avoid more of an explanation of what i've been doing uh, <laughs> uh who's left phil you got something for us my pick of the week is gog no. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, i like it <laughs> oh my gosh well i you know i i, I kind of want to say my pick of the week's Botter's gay because it was just such a good game but well, then then pick again, it. I'm kind of nostalgic so I kind of wax with the nostalgia. I mean, you're right. Baldur's Gate 2 is the much better game out of the two of them. So hopefully they'll come out with that soon. Now, my pick of the week is, is Age of Wonders 1. As you kind of mentioned, it, it kind of came out on Impulse. It's been released simultaneously on Impulse, GOG. Um, but Impulse has all three right now, uh, whereas GOG is releasing each one of those three slowly. But number one was really special. Um, one of the few games, like I said, that I've actually played through from beginning to end. It's a combination of civilization meets a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. You start off with a a city, and you choose a wizard who uh, who focuses on a certain area of magic, such as light magic or he, or, or land or fire magic or whatever have you. And you're going to go through a storyline about Merlin, the, the wizard, which has actually 
very little, if anything, to do with the Merlin from the old stories. This is an entirely different fiction setting. And uh, I don't remember the whole entire plot. It was kind of throwaway to me compared to the actual gameplay itself. You usually start off with a city and a small handful of troops. Uh, you sit, You can recruit more troops. Um, you usually have up to eight troops in a group, and in Civ fashion, you will send those guys out to go explore, claim resources, and eventually you'll build uh, – from your city, you'll be able to build more troops, uh, be able to tech up to build more powerful troops, as well as to uh, – you'll be able to um, eventually find and take over new cities. If memory serves correctly, I get a little fuzzy between all the different uh, – because I played all three games. Uh, but I believe in the first version, you couldn't build new cities from scratch like you might be able to do in Civilization. But but you could rebuild broken cities that were littering the landscape uh, in order to expand as well as just take over enemies' uh, cities and convert them to your race. Or you could just keep the initial race that was there and start recruiting a bunch of goblins and, and other nasty creatures into your pretty elf and hob, hobbit army and whatnot. The When you get into combat – it would zoom in to where – so you might have a group of eight characters, a couple of slingers or archers, a couple of swordsmen. But when you would get into combat, you would zoom in and see all these guys uh, one at a time, and you would take – you would trade turns with the enemy uh, and exchange blows back and forth. Now, your wizard who is uh, – I think the subtitle on Age of Wonders is like the wizard something or rather, but the wizard is very, very important. Your main character is very important. He can cast spells over his domain. As you claim cities, you'll see dotted lines, which represent your domain kind of like culture and civilization those are the areas that are under your influence as a wizard and you're able to cast spells within those domains so as long as the fight's taking place uh in those areas you can you can you can cast summon spells and whatnot to help your troops out and during battles you can cast buffs and direct damage spells as well but you can only cast so much per day dependent upon the skills or power of your wizard so you have to kind of ration those out one of the neat aspects of the game is it's hexagon-based. Civilization Five is just now figuring out that hexagon-based gameplay is better than grid-based gameplay or square-based. Just in general, it's always better? It's always better, okay. absolutely, positively. <laughs> Hex is six sides, grid, square-based. But that's more you have to worry six, about. Six is greater than four. Oh, the, okay. the, the reason why is because when you move diagonally in a square-based, I mean, either the games get around that by making you use two whole movement points to move diagonally, or they only count it as one. Neither solution is really even close to being accurate. But in a hexagon base, when you move diagonally or whatnot in those different directions, you got a more accurate representation of how many movement space. Anyways, one of the neat things about hexagon base um, in, in these gameplay is that if you, is you can move your troops together in a ball, so to speak. And uh, if there is an enemy, you can surround – before you initiate combat on your turn, surround them with four or five groups uh, and then use one to initiate the attack. And those other troops that you had that was touching the enemy or that was um, next to the enemy at that time will also be in that combat. So instead of having an eight on eight, you'll have a 40 on eight. Nice. So you can use that, and that's very helpful when you're sieging towns that have a lot of defenses built up. Uh, siege, you, you can uh, you can get siege engines as well to help break down fortifications. Your cities can be fortified as well. Uh, you can build walls and whatnot, which do help if the enemies come and attack your town. They'll 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 help you uh, be able to hold off those attacks that you have altars and and things like line of sight and altitude. Um, does come into play during the combat. It, it really felt like a neat game to me because, like I said, it was a combination of civilization and role-playing game. 
the combat is turn-based, so that kind of appeals to me as well. Kind of remind me of the old Gold Box games. Um, each of the different characters as well have different. A lot of them have different extra skills. Uh, the Hobbit Slingers. No, that's not actually the one I want to think about. But some of the some of the higher level monsters, I'm thinking leprechauns and stuff for some reason. But some of the higher level creatures that you recruit will have extra skills that you can use in combat, as well as your your a wizard's ability to be able to help out a bit. So it's really oh another thing is that's actually a very beautiful game for its age. Uh, the second one's even more beautiful, and more high resolution, but it's all two D. What, what age it, is it? The age of elves? The age of man? Which... It's the age of something. Age of wonders. Well, how old is um, it? That's what I'm asking. It's it's a. I think it's about ten. Let me look it up real oh, fast. Okay. Uh, for some reason. So no, that means it has really eight. bad polygon graphics, or what? No, that's what I love. It it stuck to the two. I mean, this was the age where all the bad polygon graphics were coming out, and I despise right. early polygon graphics, as you know. Um, no, this one. This one was uh, stuck to the two D. Stuck to its gun. Stuck to the two hey, D graphics. I like that. Uh, so the, the original Age of Wonders came out in 1999. The other guys came out a couple years later. But yeah, stuck with those graphics and made them really beautiful. I mean nice. they're absolutely – everything on the screen uh, when you're in the elf lands, a lot of the magical areas and the magical fountains glow with power. As your capital grows bigger and bigger, power will start to emanate from it and you can see that bleeding through the graphics. It's really beautiful um, and it, it, it just very uh, aesthetically pleasing. When you play one of the necromancers or the devils, the, the, the decay and the way it takes takes over the land. Uh, that's another thing is that is that your as you're taking over cities and you're casting spells, it starts to shape the land. As as elves who are more in favor of the forest, some of their spells plant new forests and their cities will just encourage growth of forest around them. Whereas if you're playing like the goblins or the necros, uh, that you'll actually start seeing things die off around them and you can cast spells to uh, make things more die, which will give your your units combat bonuses should they fight on that terrain. So lots of races to pick from, I remember. Orcs, elves, goblins, hobbits, um, humans, and, um, and whatnot. Just so much to do in that game. A really meaty campaign with a story that you'll want to get through and see through to the end, even though I can't remember it 10 years later. And, and when you're done with that, you can play skirmishes against the, the computer. There's multiplayer component, but I never dived into that one really. So really, really great game that if you haven't played it, if you pass it up, definitely check it out. Um, Age of Wonders 1 has better story in my opinion for what I remember, but Age of Wonders 2 has more races and the graphics are, are a little notch up. So and you can't go wrong three? really with either one. The second one – yeah, the third one was kind of a ex- uh, standalone expansion to the second one, Shadow oh, Wars, okay. which offered kind of this shadow mechanic with the shadow race. And, and whatnot. So it looks very, very similar to, to two. Um, but I would stick with either one or two at first. And then if you really like them, then you might consider getting the, the Shadow Wars or whatnot. Got it. But don't just jump right into Shadow Wars. Okay. Well, thank you. Are you playing Civilization Five at all? No, no, I haven't really – no, I haven't made that dive kind of thing. I, I, I feel a little burnt after – when I got four and I paid for all the expansions full price, and then after that last expansion count was like four or five months later, they came out with a gold edition with everything all together for 30 or 40 bucks. <laughs> Should, I shouldn't tell you that I paid $2 for my Civilization Four collection, right? That would be bad. Oh my gosh, you're mean. <laughs> I did you're that on evil. Steam. <laughs> evil. Uh, 
I must have because I paid fifty bucks for Civ Four when it came out. How many expand? It had like one or two regular. Expansions. I have like four expansions or yeah. something like that. And then it came out with the uh, the colonization, which I liked, oh, and wow. and that was another forty bucks. And then on Steam, it came out with the gold edition for like. Oh, I think gold uh, was know, in it, store as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it came out originally for forty bucks, but like you said, Steam always does their sales. Yeah. And during Thanksgiving, I saw the whole thing all together for ten or fifteen bucks, and I went ahead and paid the yeah. ten or fifteen and bucks. Then, just then they Steam. did it for te- for two at one point. Two a buck ninety nine. Oh, that stings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I yeah I. I've, I've learned my my very painful. Well, the thing is, I, everyone's like, "Well, no, you don't need to play Steam or Civ Four now. Civ Five's out. Civ Five's out. You only care about the current one." It's like, really? Oh, okay. I'll go back and play some more Civ Four. <laughs> Apparently, that's what, I don't know what to do. It's like because Civ Five is like sixty bucks or fifty yeah. or something. It's like, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, and I mean, I did that with StarCraft. I went ahead and plugged her down the full amount because so many of my friends were into it. And I wanted to be out at the same time with them. But Civ mm-hmm. Four is a game that I, or Civ games are usually games that I, I better enjoy on my own. I'm not big into any multiplayer Civ. Uh, you know, same thing with Age of Wonders, turn-based stuff. I'd rather just play on my own. Yeah. So I'll wait for it to go down. We in need price we need to do more uh, more playing of games together. We haven't done that in a while. More StarCraft Two, more Diablo Two, that sort of stuff. But oh well. Yeah. Oh, and when Diablo three comes out, I'll be on oh, board man. with that. Torchlight two. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we got a couple of viewer picks in the chat room. Uh, Dan Chisau says he's playing Valkyria Chronicles two, enjoying it quite a bit, though not as much as the original. He loves the battle system, but the story isn't as good. Um, Hokuto Master says he's playing Cladun or Cladun, which is the one that came from uh, Atlas just released, didn't they? Yeah, that's the retro one. This is an RPG, I believe, is the subtitle for Cladun, C-L-A-D-U-N. So you can go, I think you can download that right now on PSN, right? Yes, it's a download. Yeah, so go check that out from NIS America, not Atlas, NIS America, sorry. It's hard to keep those straight because they used to be together and they always will be in my head. I'm still not used to NIS doing stuff on their own. So, oh, it's PSN download only. Ooh, how much is it? Anybody know? 20 bucks? 30? 50? I didn't see it on RPSM when I checked, so I don't think it's hit Europe just yet. Yeah, nothing hits Europe, so let's see. We know, we know. We have to deal with it. <laughs> I'm going to the official page. Let's see if it tells me. All right. Um, the top, the, where do they put? Their official page sucks. Well, it doesn't suck because it has great music, but it doesn't tell you how much the game is <laughs> where you can get it <laughs> but whatever 20 bucks all right there you go 1999 so go check that out says hokuto master right you like it oh i'm really liking it i'm not really into dungeon crawlers but i like this one and i'm sticking to the 8-bit music as well apparently you can choose that's neat so um there you go i think that's our oh, show for yeah, the week isn't it that. yeah <laughs> you remember what uh, no, just uh, when I was writing a news story about it, I remember reading that you you have a choice between uh, like a sort of standard um, like musical score, yeah, or you can just press a button and uh, sort of go back to oh. to, to good old eight bit eight bitness. Uh, I know, I think it was the latest. Um, if you um, Park Gold and Soul Silver had something similar, you'd get an item and it would switch the um, it would switch the game back to its old, the old Pokemon tracks over the the sort of the DS. Versions. Oh, you're kidding! I didn't know you could do that in Heart Gold. Yeah, if you got if you got all if you get obtained all sixteen badges in Heart Gold. Oh Soul my Silver, gosh! Well, I'm not going to be playing it anymore at that point. 
Well, that's your problem. <laughs> Once I have 16 badges, what else am I doing? Uh, you go on to do the stuff like the Battle Frontier stuff, you know, the stuff that the hardcore Pokemon crowd do. Oh, wow. You know what I think we should do? We should all go play our games, and we should come back next week. If you'd like to leave feedback for the show, you can do so through a number of ways. First of all, board.rpgamer.com. We love to see your feedback there in all aspects of the site. If you go to rpgamer.com slash rpgcast and hit discuss at the top of the page, you have a link to the forum post where you can leave us feedback and we can read it on the show the next week. You can also email us at podcast at rpgamer.com, and that's always awesome. We love to read your stuff on the show. You can send us an MP3 file, play it on the show. You can call us at 608-729-4098 and leave us a voicemail. And uh, we love to read those on the shows. Um, and finally, uh, I think that's it. But finally, just uh, sponsor some people in Extra Life, please. We love to raise money for kids. And we'd love to be able to report that we had a successful year this year. So please, uh, please help us out with that. Please do. And uh, until next week, I guess uh, have fun playing 14 or Civ 5 or Age of Wonders or whatever. Halo Reach. Everyone go play Halo Reach. Uh, Diablo 2. Diablo 2. Diablo 2. There we go. <laughs> so have fun, everyone. Until next week. Goodbye. Bye. I guess I'm the only one saying bye. Bye, bye now. Bye. 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 B